know there's something energizing about progress. Uh, when you're not progressing, it can be quite demoralizing. Uh, you go into the gym and you're not seeing many results. You know, you're putting in a whole lot of effort and nothing much is happening. It can be quite disheartening. You're trying really hard, but nothing is moving. I, I really believe church, church is a spiritual greenhouse. And, and it's to bring growth in our life. Here's the deal. If the chances are, if you're not growing in this environment, you will stop coming. Uh, because the music, the lights, and everything around is not enough to hold you. Uh, what will keep you here is when you understand the purpose and the reason behind our gathering. As the saying goes, power will draw you, but it's purpose that will keep you. And, and many people come in and out of church because they stay at the same place as when they first came in. Uh, the, everything around this thing called church is here to make you, to cause you, to, to, to force you, not force you, but, but to get you to grow, to grow. And uh, I really believe God wants us to understand how we can grow. The title of my message tonight is, I'm a big kid now. And turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a big kid now. I'm a big kid now. You can even sing the song, the tune if you want. I am a big kid now. It's a tagline for Huggies. Yeah, for in specific, the tagline for pull-ups. Pull-ups. How, how many know what pull-ups are? Pull-ups are nappies. They are the next level of nappies. You know, it's when you're going from nappies to underwear. You know, it's, it's that transitionary season. You are getting to a place where you can deal with your own. You know what I'm talking about. It's that transitionary season. And, and the tagline for pull-ups is, I am a big kid now. I am a big kid now. Just turn to your name and say, I'm a big kid now. I'm a big kid now. I really believe God is going to pull us up to a whole new level. Pull us up to a whole new level. See, you get that. You get that. Yeah, I know. It was great. Uh, right now, there's a war going on in the inside of us as to what image we live from. Uh, see, there's two selves that are at work within each and every one of us. There's our real self and there's our projected self. Uh, so often what other people see is our projected self because we feel like we can't be our real self. Have you ever met somebody who's just anxious about everything? You know, uh, in life, it's just like every little thing causes them to worry. You know, they get a little, oh, I'm going to get the flu, and it's, oh, I'm going to be sick tomorrow, and I'm not going to be able to do this. And, and they're projected 10 days down the road from just a little sniffle, and you think, man, why are you worrying? You're going to be all right. Just have a good sleep tonight. Have a shower in the morning and get up and get going. You know, today it's easy. How many know it's easy to 
to worry about what others think of you. It's easy. You know, that's why many of us you know, have walls up and we use stuff to guard our heart and we do all types of stuff to try and win others' approval. You know, that's why many of us here, if we're to be honest, our real self is always comparing itself to others' projected self. And we think we don't measure up and we condemn ourselves and we feel guilty and, and we feel like we're not good enough. Because what we're doing is we're taking our real self and we're comparing it with somebody else's projected self. Now, too many people today are, are living for compliments. How many like getting compliments? Anybody like, if you didn't lift your hand, you're a liar. It feels nice getting the compliments. You know, there's something nice, that warm, fuzzy feeling on the inside when somebody compliments you. But how many know that compliment is short-lived? It doesn't last long. And if your security is around what other people are saying and whether you get a compliment or not, you're not going to be in a good place. In fact, what you do is you now live your life fishing for compliments, fishing for likes. You're thinking, oh, will this post get a lot of likes? And you're evaluating it before you post it because you're thinking, oh, well, how are others going to perceive this? How are they going to read this? And, And it's almost like we get addicted to compliments. And we're living for the approval of something else. Compliments are short-lived. But how many know criticisms are long-lived pain? Yeah, it's amazing. Somebody can just say something small, tiny, and you can go over and over and over those words. 10,000 times. You know, a, a small compliment you dismiss, well, that wasn't much of a compliment. Uh, but a small criticism, you go, what were they thinking when they said that? And, and, and we live, you know, fishing for compliments. Or we live condemned by criticisms. See, what's the problem in all of this? The problem is we haven't grown up. What we are is we're little, little people trying to make it in a big person's world. Here's the deal. Some things in life you've got to get for yourself. And you've got to get by yourself. You've got to get for yourself, and you've got to get by yourself. Uh, when it comes to your beliefs, yeah, as a church, we don't want to tell people what to believe, what to think. We want to teach people how to think, but ultimately, we want people to make their own decision. Because if it's not your own decision, it's not going to last. If I have to convince you into this God deal, I'm going to have to keep on convincing you that God's real. But if you know for yourself, then you'll have no doubts. Nobody can take it from you. 
See, how you win your friends is how you keep your friends. You keep your friends. And, and how God gets you into the kingdom is going to be the sustaining force that keeps you in the kingdom. And that's why it's so important that we just don't take on board what somebody says without saying, well, where am I on this? See, see we all start as little people, if you haven't realized. Uh, we're born as little people in a big person's world. Uh, we're, we're born as children under adult authority. But over time, what we do is we become ourselves. In fact, my father said, my parenting was done at the age of when you're 14. How, how many know a 14-year-old has their own opinions? Any 14-year-olds in the building? Yeah, a 14-year-old will do what they want to do. In fact, I've listened to my father speak to other parents, and he says, after 14, your role as a parent is just to pray. That's your role, just to pray. You've done all you can up to that point. Now it's what's in them will determine where they walk, how they live, and how they go about their lives. You know, we, we become our own selves. You know, at the age of 16, we get to drive a car. You know, at the age of 16, there's a level of autonomy about our lives. Uh, how many people are over the age of 16 here? Uh, over the age of 16, lift up your hand. Uh, lift up your hand. Right around, right around. Uh, lift up, lift. Keep it high. Come on, I want to. Okay, H- how many are under the age of 16 here? Un- under the age of 16, we've got a few, few. of the room are over the age of 16. So I'm talking to a crowd who has a level of autonomy. Who has a level of autonomy. At at 16, you're the boss. Yeah, I I know legally you're not an adult till you're 18, uh, but really, you are the boss. You are an adult. Oh, someone going, no, I'm still a teenager. No, no, you're an adult. See, see, here is where we have the problem. Many people grow up, but they never come out from under a one-up, one-down relationship. See, a one-up, one-down relationship is when you have somebody over you all the time. Somebody supervising you. Somebody monitoring you. Somebody who who determines what you do and what you don't do. Somebody who's there to help govern your life. See, many people, they can be adults, they can be 40 years old, but still be under a one-up, one-down relationship. They can be in their place. I, I want to define what becoming an adult is. Becoming an adult is the process of moving out of that one up, one down relationship into a peer relationship with other adults. Do I need to say that again? Because some of you need to hear this right now. Becoming an adult is removing yourself from under the one up, one down relationship to a place where you're at a peer level with other adults. Some of people are going, well, I don't want to grow up. Here's the deal. You're not Peter Pan. 
You've got to grow up. And if you don't grow up, you're emotionally and psychologically do damage to your life. And you'll wonder why things don't work out because you're designed to grow. You're designed to move forward. You're designed to progress. You're a big kid now. Put on your pull-ups. Deal with your own crap. Stop looking for other people to do what God has commissioned and ordained you to do for yourself. Come on, I'm talking to everybody over the age of 16 right now. So there's not many people, oh, oh, I'm still young. I'll just, no. See, I have a dream that an Equippers church would have the most onto it, spiritually mature young people on the face of the planet. Come on, if we're going to change the world, it's not going to come by people who are immature. So many people get maturity wrong. They think maturity equates to seriousness. Now, that's religiosity. How many know you can be mature and have a whole lot of fun? Come on, maturity understands that, that there's fullness of joy in the presence of God. Maturity, spiritual maturity understands that we're called to live a life of faith, not just in a season, but in every season. See, spiritual maturity is not how long you've been a Christian. Hello, John Maxwell says, you know, one person said, well, I've been a Christian 20 years. And he says, well, you haven't grown much. You're still the same as you were 20 years ago. You see, maybe in reality, you've had one year of Christian experience 20 times over. You haven't really grown. You're still the same. You still think the same. You still react the same. You're the same. You haven't grown. You haven't put on your pull-ups. And realize that you're a big kid. See, becoming an adult is having authority. Everybody say authority. authority. It's having authority. That's what God gives us. He gives us authority. Now, authority is the power to determine. Authority is the power to determine. Well, within the word authority, you've got the word author. See, when you have authority... You have the ability to author your destiny. In other words, your destiny is not determined by your past. Your destiny is not determined by your feelings. Your, your destiny is determined by what lives on the inside of you. And God gives us the ability when we grow up to author our world as part of our creational mandates. Yeah, God gave Adam the ability to name their animals and whatever he named them, they became that. Uh, God gives us the ability to name our future. Come on right now, that's a good thought. What are you calling your future? We have the ability to name it and whatever we name it, it will become. See, in terms of functioning in the image of how God created us, we need to have a command over our lives. Uh, that's why growing up can be difficult. 
See, there's many forces that want to, us to remain as immature as children. But if we stay a child in our adult years, we can do a lot of damage. Adults who have not become big people always feel one down on their peers. They always feel underneath. Or on the other side, they, they feel the necessity to always be one up on someone else. They either feel one under or they feel the need that I, I just need to be one up on those around us. See, see, we all start from the position of being one down to the adult world, but we're meant to grow to the point where we become adults in an adult's world. Uh, becoming an adult is simply the process of taking on more. It's simply the process of taking on more power, but also more responsibility. Some of you are going, oh, I don't know if I like that. Tell yourself, I'm a big kid now. I am a big kid now. See, you're not an adult unless you see yourself as equal with other adults. See, I'm not under my father any longer. In fact, growing up in his home, there came a point where I realized it was all right to have an opinion. My opinions matter. My, my opinions count. There came a period of time where it's like, oh, you know, I can have a discussion about this with you. I, I can talk about this. See, he didn't just want to hear what he thought, what I, what, I'll get this around the right way. He didn't want to just hear what I th he thought I wanted to tell him. Did I get that right? I get a bit jet lag. Help me out here. You know, there's often, you know, people just tell people what they think the other person wants to hear. Yeah, he wanted to hear what I was really thinking, how I really felt about things. He didn't want me to fake my relationship with God. He wanted me to have a genuine relationship with God for myself where he's out of the picture. See, if I'm just relating to God because of him, I'm still coming under him. You know, I love my daughter. Yeah, when she got baptized, you know, I wanted to be at her baptism. There was a baptism service coming up and I happened to be scheduled to be away preaching somewhere else. And, and, and I said, oh, can't, can't you just delay your baptism until, you know, I'm here. I'm not gonna be here that date. And she says, well, dad, I'm not doing it for you. How, how many know I couldn't argue with that? <laughs> You're right. She's doing it because she's got her own revelation of who God is. She's got her own opinion. She's got her own conviction. And in that setting, in that situation, my opinion didn't matter. She had become an adult at that level where she was relating as a peer. See, many people don't come to maturity because they still see themselves as under a boss. 
Yeah, your boss may have a role and a responsibility, and we honor that role and honor that responsibility, but they aren't better than you. Some of you going, well, where's this in the Bible? I'm going to show you. (laughs) See, God designed it that we're all siblings in the kingdom. We're all brothers and sisters under the fatherhood of God. And what Jesus does is he calls us out of this one up, one down relationship. He encourages us to respect the role of authority, but he calls us out of it. Uh, Let's go to Matthew 23. I've got to show you this in the Bible. This is going to revolutionize your world. You ready for this? Come on, we're doing this together right now. Matthew 23, verse two, it says, uh, listen to this. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So they sit in a position of responsibility. They carry a role. The teachers of the law, yeah, okay, next verse. I've read that one. Okay, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. So do what they command. That's what he's saying there. But do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach. Everyone say, uh-oh, that's not good. That's not good. They don't practice what they preach. Okay, next verse there. It says, they tie up heavy cumbersome. Don't you like that word? In fact, there was a debate backstage as to what that word meant, cumbersome. It means they put on you heavy stuff, restricting stuff, cumbersome loads, and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Go on, next verse. Everything they do is for people to see. Uh, Remember we're talking about two selves, Our, our real self and our projected self. Well, what do these leaders do? They're doing, everything they do is so that other people would see it and recognize it and give them a compliment and look how good you are. But in reality, you know, they're doing stuff, they're putting stuff on people that they weren't living out themselves. Listen to this. It says, verse seven, they love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to be called rabbi by others. But you're not to be called rabbi for you have How many teachers? One teacher, and you are all brothers. Did you never say, you're my bro? (laughs) You're my bro. Yeah, you're my brother, you're my sister. We're all what? We're brothers. So I'm not over you, we're all brothers. And listen, and do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven, nor, do you, nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah or the Christ. Here he says, do what Moses commanded, respect the role. Yeah, they sit in that seat. But don't consider other people as above you. Too many people today are looking for dad. They're looking for dad. Rather than understanding, we have a father in heaven who has everything you need. You've got adult men looking for dad at the age of 20 and 30 without understanding they're old enough to be a dad. 
it's going to require them to grow up emotionally and stop looking for the, uh, the approval of others. He said, don't see them as father, for God is the father of Christian adults. Adults are all white, we're brothers and sisters. Do not see others as leaders, for Christ is the leader. So many people come to me and say, oh, well, you're the pastor, what should I do? I say, figure it out yourself. <laughs> you know, I'm too busy trying to run my life, I don't have time to run yours as well. But it's like that everybody wants you to run their life. Tell them, oh, yeah, the pastor said, oh, I'll just do it. No, get your own brain. <laughs> Figure it out for yourself. Come on, you're never going to grow up into a place of maturity unless you get your own conviction. Come on, that deserves a big clap right there. We want to bring people out of to maturity. To grow up, that Christ may be formed in you. Not just formed in one or two, but in you. See, what he's doing, what is he doing? He's calling us to the mutual equality of all believers. He's, he's not doing away with the offices that people hold. Yeah, I've got a responsibility, and you honor the responsibility somebody carries. You honor that, but you don't get intimidated by it. You've got to search out and you've got to find God for yourself. If you're a new believer, dive into the Word of God. What does it say? Don't just take for granted what's preached on a Sunday. Come on, you need to find out what the Scripture says. Don't take somebody else's word for it. Get your own conviction. See, the enemy, the enemy will always attack secondhand revelation. And some of you, you're under attack and you're up and down and you don't know why. It's simply because you got it from somebody else. Well, my pastor said, oh, the devil's not going to be scared of that. Unless you know God said it. And some of us, we get intimidated. Oh, whoa, look at what they are. No, they're a brother. I mean, no, you relate to your brother different than your father. Yeah, you slap your brother. no. <laughs> But some of us, you know, we look at others and we get intimidated and we don't step into places of influence and impact because we see ourselves less than. Yeah, we submit to authority, worldly authority. Because to submit to them is to submit to God, not people. <laughs> You've got to catch this. What I said right there. To submit to them is to submit to God, not people. Uh, come on, all those who have uh, problems with authority figures. It's because you're immature in heart. You don't understand this. Uh, you know, when you submit to, to authority, God's placed them there. Uh, people, you're submitting to God. God's in charge of your destiny, not people. And when you submit to God, submit to them, you submit to God, not to that person. I could take you through Scripture to show you, but you find it for yourself. <laughs> See, people who believe others are above them are still relating from a child's position. 
You're not under a person, you're under God. Now, this is huge because this makes a difference in one's ability to follow God and seek God's approval and instead of being governed by others. Now, how, how many have ever fallen into the trap of trying to please people? Right now, yeah, it's a big deal in all of our lives. Uh, often we get stuck because we're trying to please people. And we can't take charge of our own lives. God, God wants you to take charge of your own life. You rule your emotions. You choose your attitude. Sometimes we don't choose our circumstances, but we choose our attitude in the midst of our circumstance. Uh, you choose, you determine, you have authority, you have power, you have Jesus living in you. You have, you, you have the power to determine. Uh, l- listen to this. Uh, it stops us. This is big because it stops us following Jesus. In John chapter 12, verse 42, it says, Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. Who's him? Him is so, so leaders in that society, they believed in Jesus. They saw what he was doing and they believed in him. They thought he was the Messiah. But listen to this. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Wow. Uh, these believers, here, here you've got to get this, could not exercise faith because they needed approval from others. Put it another way, simply they're not grown up. They, they hadn't grown up. They couldn't exercise their faith because they're, they're worried what everybody else around them thought. And they desired the praises from people rather than from God. Now I want you to compare this with this statement in Mark chapter 12, verse 14, it says, they came to him and said, teacher, we know that you're a man of integrity. So speaking of Jesus, you aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. So what's this saying about Jesus? It's saying Jesus didn't fear men. He didn't look for their approval. He wasn't trying to win over the crowd. He spoke the truth. And then he let them figure it out. You know, the challenge of a leader in today's world is is to always try and win the crowd. I'm not here to win the crowd. As a young pastor, I was always trying to win people over. Uh, No, I'm here to speak the truth. And then in the end, I've got to figure out what they do with it. Their response is not my responsibility. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. My response is to be obedient to God. Come on, you're getting what I'm saying right now. In fact, Jesus said, we're doing something wrong if everyone likes us. We're doing something wrong. Jesus said, Mark 6, 26, He said, woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. For that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. In other words, they're just telling, prophesying things that people wanted to hear, but they weren't delivering truth. In other words, 
there has to be some people pleasing if everyone speaks well of us. We're, we're speaking maybe out of both sides of our mouth. People pleasing can stop you seeing who God really is. Uh, listen to this, another scripture, John 5, 44. It says, how can you believe since you accept glory from another, but you do not seek the glory that comes from God? You don't. You're seeking it from everywhere else. Fishing for compliments, likes. What do they think? Rather than seeking glory that only can come from God. Paul said, come on, don't get into this people-pleasing trap. In 1 Thessalonians 2, it says, on the contrary, we speak as those who are approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people. Equipus Church, we're not trying to please people. That's not our mission. Our mission is to please God. But God, who tests our heart. See, I found when you please God, you'll please people. And being a big kid, an adult, means that you can't do the job if you're searching for approval from other adults. Who's the audience in your head that you're trying to win over all the time? Who's that audience you're speaking to? Where are you looking for a response from? See, many of us, if we're to be honest, we're still looking for a response from somebody we think's over us. Maybe they've got a level of expertise. Maybe they're up there. And if we get there, we're going to feel good about ourselves. It's going to be short-lived. That's not how you're meant to live in the kingdom. Yeah, that's what children do. And children can't do adult jobs. Adults make decisions. Adults have opinions. Adults establish value. Adults are not subject to approval or disapproval of parents. You know, adults are legally liable for their actions. See, adults understand, if I do something over here, I'm going to suffer the consequences over here. Children just do stuff and think, oh, I'm going to get away with it. But when you're an adult, you understand that your feelings, your thoughts, and your actions over here are going to have consequences over here. So you learn to take responsibility. Come on, young people. Yeah, come on. I, I, I reckon that. Come on, I want you to grow up. Being a grown-up comes with enormous amounts of freedom. But it also comes with responsibility. Many people want the freedom without the responsibility, but the two are married. And they can't be separated. See, the main theme of adulthood, if we could have the musicians up, is adults don't need permission. The main theme of being an adult growing up is adults don't need permission to think, to feel, and to act. Adults understand consequences. Growing up is the process of what? 
just simply gaining authority. God's put you in charge. God's put you in charge. Don't wait for somebody else to sort out your finance. You're in charge. Don't wait for somebody else to come and address your thought life. You're knowing what you're thinking. You take responsibility for it. Don't wait for somebody to go out and pull you out of some cave. No, God's given you authority. You have Christ living in you. The same Christ in me and Mark and anybody else is the same Christ in you. Just because you're younger in age. I know many young people, you know, who understand the Christ in them than some people in their 50s and 60s. And, and it's not age. It's understanding. You take responsibility. You're a big kid now. See, what you've got to understand about the kingdom is this kingdom that we're part of is upside down. And spiritual maturity goes like this. It goes, you become an adult first. You get command and authority over your life. But then God says, what are you going to do with it? See, that happens first. The second step is to willingly choose to come under God. So you become an adult first, and then you choose to be a child. In nature, we don't choose to be a child. We're born as children. <laughs> but we choose to be an adult, but we're part of the upside down kingdom. <laughs> In the kingdom, God gives you command and authority. And once you got that, you choose. Power is in your choice. If you don't have choice, you have no power. Power is taken from you. Power is found in the ability to choose, to take your freedom and choose to put it under something. That's power. Uh, that's power. True power is when somebody does something to you and you can choose not to react. Some of you, if somebody does something to you, you can't help yourself but punch, uh, punch them in the head. You can't choose your response. See, God gives us choice. We're free to worship Him and we're free not to. You know, if there wasn't that freedom, it wouldn't be worship. The fact that we've got choice means it's worship. Come on, you follow me right now. It's an upside down. And choosing, so you're adult, I'm an adult. But now I choose to take my freedom and place it under God because I understand if I come under God, God puts me over everything that's under Him. And a lot more is under Him than it's under me. <laughs> Oh, there's another message in this. He's put all things under our feet. It's under our feet. You're willing to put your life under God's. See, it's one thing to give God something that you have no control over. Oh, my life's a mess. Here you go, God. Here you go. So often we give God the situations that we have no control over. But what about the situations that you do have control over? 
Can you willingly choose to put that under God? Because that's freedom. That's when you grow up. See, if we're honest, and I'm going to land it here, too many of us are concerned about our reputation. We're too concerned about how we look, trying to win the approval of others, trying to appeal to their audience in our head, trying to measure up to somebody. One person said, character is who you are. Reputation is what other people think of you. Reputation is just imagery. It's just imagery. It's what you project. It's what you put on social media. It's how you carry yourself in public. It's imagery. But character is reality. And there's this fight between your projected self and your real self. You never really grow unless your real self comes to the party. See, I I don't know who you brought to church today, but nothing really shifts on the inside unless you bring your real self. God won't deal with your projected self. He goes, oh, I don't wanna even go there. Bring your real self. See, See, if you look after your character, your reputation will take care of itself. But so many of us are working on our reputation. <laughs> Work on this. Oh, man, spin this plate here, spin this plate here, spin it over here, spin it here. And we go, oh, I'm tired. I can't handle this. See, here's the deal. Until you've lost your reputation, you'll never realize what a burden it was. And what freedom really is. I'm going to finish with this scripture. Philippians chapter 2. Let's land it here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. This is Paul saying, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. So he's saying, come on, right now, I want you to have this mindset. Have this mindset. Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of, come on, everybody say that. He made himself of, he gave up his reputation. Just lay it, laid it down. Taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man and being in, found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, somebody say, therefore. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name. See, until you make yourself of no reputation, until you humble yourself, God can't exalt you. You can try and promote yourself which is what a lot of people are doing in this world. Projecting this to promote themselves, getting the right angles, different things to promote themselves. The question you gotta ask yourself is where do you want your promotion from? Because if you made yourself of no reputation and you humble yourself, 
what does it say? God will exalt you like He did Jesus. But we've got it the wrong way around. No reputation. Some of us are too precious about our reputation. That's why we can't worship. That's why we don't engage, even in environments like this one. That's why we don't, don't give ourselves fully. What will my parents think? You're an adult. You're a big kid now. You've got to follow God for yourself. For yourself. You, you do it with others, but you've got to get it for yourself. Either God's real or He's not. Some of you are deferring to pastors and leaders, you know, from there, oh, you know, they said this. Now, what did God say? Because if it's in you, it's not in you, it's not going to last. And we've got to re- remove these one down relationships, see, distorted thinking of ourselves. Just quickly, we think wrong if we view ourselves like this I'm bad, they don't approve of me. It proves it. If we think I'm less than others, if we think I must please others to be liked, if we think I'm bad if I disagree, if we think my opinions are no, not as good, if we think I have no rights to my opinions, you know, if we think oh, I must get permission from others too, if we think I'm bad if I fail, you know, even thoughts like, well, I shouldn't feel sexual. Sexual feelings are bad. Who told you? Oh, if you think, oh, my plans will never succeed. Oh, I should defer to their beliefs, even though I disagree with them, if you think that. If you think, I'm not capable enough. If I differ, I'm wrong. If we think adulthood is out of my grasp. You're a big kid now. You're a big kid now. You're a big kid. And big kids remove the fear of man from their life. The fear of what others think. Come on, how many are getting something from this message right now? Come on, if you believe it, if you want to grow up into everything that God has for you, give Him a big clap of praise. Can we, come on, can we give Him a big clap? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, what we're going to do, everyone stand to your feet. I'm done. Sorry. Took a wee while. There's so much in this, so I could preach a whole series in around this. But right now, if you know, know you're living for the approval of others, and you know this has got a hold of your life and keeping you at a level where you're under, you're in a one-down relationship, you know you're constantly trying to appease that audience in your head. And you're saying, I want to get free tonight. I want to grow up into everything that God has for me. It doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're young or whether you're old. Because this is not about physical age. It's about something that God wants to do in your spirit. And if you want to get free, I want you to lift your hands right across this place. Right across this place. In fact, can't, I really believe just moving, 
a physical response always triggers spiritual activity. I want you to move out of your seat and come down the front. Come, 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 come. Many people, just come, 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 come. If you need, no. Because I, I, this is saying, I don't care what anybody else thinks right now. If you're sitting there and going, oh, what are they going to think? Well, you need to get down here. Because that's got a hold of your life. And that spirit needs to be broken off your life. You need to be set free right now. Come on, just come, 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 come. Can we come quickly? Come on, come, come. Come quick, come, come. From the balcony, wherever you are. Come on, if you need to take authority. Come on, only God can do this. We're gonna sing this song and then we're gonna pray.